I wanted to be a singer, actor, dancer, triple threat, whatever, you know, like I wanted to do stuff that got me in front of people. And then when I started drunk tweeting at reality stars and producers at night, mm-hmm. it, when I started getting responses, something in me clicked. Like here I am literally a mom on welfare food stamps. I've gone through a tough breakup. I'm an alcoholic. We're living, we're literally living at that point in a city called Anoka, Minnesota, which most people have not heard of. We're living next door to like a house that continually gets raided with like semi semi semi-automatic weapons with the police and SWAT teams. And down the street is the prison where they like straight up release people. So when they release prisoners, they open the doors and the prisoner goes out and then my house is right down the street. Wow. Super awesome. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile, I'm tweeting people who are in a totally different possibility and something in me kind of clicked like social media has suddenly made this portal. I know that that sounds super woo woo, but I don't even mean it to sound woo woo. It creates a great word for it. Yeah. Oh, it's like a bridge into a new possibility. And that was what sparked my interest in social media in a really big way. But then when I started realizing, oh my gosh, I can create content and reach people that otherwise wouldn't ever realize I exist. That's when I became super passionate about it. It's hardest to market ourselves. And I want to put that out there because so many times people are like, what is wrong with me? I swear. I know my business. I know my products. I know my services. I know my message. And the second it comes to marketing themselves, it is so challenging. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in today. Look, before we get started, before we dive into this week's episode and interview, just want to ask you a favor. If you could leave us a five-star rating or review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, tell a friend about the show, let people know what we're doing here at the Flex Your Freedom podcast and at the Great American Syndicate. Again, if you enjoy what we're doing here, you got value out of the show, you like the guests and the topics that we cover and feature here, Please share this podcast with a friend, share one of your favorite episodes on social media and leave us a review. Uh, Barb and I would really appreciate it. Again, it's great to be back at producing our podcast with our new Flex Your Freedom mindset. Even in somewhat tumultuous times like we are experiencing in the world today, there are always ways to thrive. And now more than ever, it is possible to build financial freedom in your own life right from your own home. And the guest we feature in today's episode knows all about that. Rachel Peterson is no stranger to struggle. She's climbed from a single mom addicted to alcohol and reliant on welfare to a healthy, thriving top expert in the social media marketing and freelancing industries. She's happily married to her husband, who also works alongside with her. And in this episode, Rachel touches on her personal story and shares her expertise on social media marketing and building your own freelance business. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Rachel Peterson. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I'm your co-host, Barb Allen, and I have this whole big intro I had all planned out today, but I'm not even going to get into that because I don't want to. I just want to get right into sitting down (laughs) 
with today's guest, Rachel Peterson, because if you have not heard of her, you are going to definitely want to check out all of her sites and her info and her content and her services by the end of this. But if you have heard of her, you already know her story, which we're already getting, we're going to get into along the way. So let's just jump into it. When you have someone like Rachel that you get on the line, Rachel, I know it's probably weird for you. You're like, dude, I'm just a mom. I'm here. I, you know, I got to do all this. And you got someone like all flustered and excited to talk to you, but you've earned that. Like it's because it's genuine and that doesn't just happen. Like you don't just get up one day and say, I'm going to be this person, you know, and you're that person. You've worked hard to build that up where you are a trusted source for so many people um, now who look to you both personally and professionally. And I'm imagining that can feel like a lot of pressure some days, um, but it's also a gift and an opportunity. Rachel, thanks thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited we get to sit down and have a little combo. It's almost like we're face-to-face having coffee and other people almost. get to listen. That's pretty cool. I know, I love that. We like to keep things informal here um, because I just, I tried to pretend to be formal once and it just didn't work. Like it's just not, it's not how I roll. I don't know, it just wasn't fun. That's um, relatable. <laughs> so look, I mentioned to you that I found you online a while back and I can't even remember the path that led me to stumble across you, but I feel like you were in this area and you relate to and work with so many people that I know as well. It's only a matter of time before I found you. And I'm glad I did. Uh, it's easy for people to look at you today, Rachel, and think, oh my gosh, you have built up this massive success. You have this life that you are in love with, which is something not everybody can say. And you're continually growing and building and you're, you're already at heights where a lot of people feel like they only dream of being and you just keep setting new heights for yourself to reach and push. Um, but so I think it's probably easy for a lot of people to look at you and think, I'd be Rachel too, if only this or if only that, you know, hadn't happened without fully knowing your story. So yeah, let's get into it. Let's start first with where you are now and, and yes. what you're doing and, and why you're doing it. Well, can I share one thing that's really interesting? Cause this came out like this week, this conversation yeah. kept coming up with my team and with my husband. So this week is a really interesting week because as I've got, I'm really proud of this. So it's like, yes, every, I'm I was make going to bring that up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's like huge. Everywhere. That's huge. Gotta be, I was actually like, can I put this on a necklace and like carried around like Flava Flav carries his clock, you know, I want to <laughs> Make sure. No, I'm just kidding. But the, the wild part yeah. is there. There's some interesting things that happen, like as you build, because it doesn't feel, <laughs> it doesn't feel like you're winning all the time when you're doing these things. So this plaque, this award, the play button, we got this for a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, which is really surreal for me because I'm just recording videos on my webcam. And on my phone when I'm traveling, just recording those, putting them out. There's no fancy production. Yes, we have an editor, but like, it's never felt like this glamorous process, Barb. It's just felt like one video and then another video and then another. And before you know it, it's like, oh, wow. All of these little steps, these little videos where none of them felt particularly glamorous, it created a hundred thousand subscribers. And so it's, it's weird because there are two sides to this. There's the one side where you want to celebrate, but when you're like going through it, you're like, none of this feels very glamorous. None of this feels very sexy. None of this is very fun. It doesn't feel like there's a tipping point or anything like that. And then on the flip side, you have to step back and be like, oh my gosh, 
this is something that six years ago would have been like a lifetime goal for me. Mm-hmm. And today it's happening. And now I'm realizing, oh, shoot, now we have to come up with new lifetime goals. So there are layers to this, which is it, it's it's crazy sometimes. It is. And a gigantic congratulations on that. That's Thank no you. small feat, um, especially I know YouTube is a tough place to be. It's it's a it's an ocean. Right. And we're all just yeah. fish. But you managed to do it. So congratulations. I'm asking, I'm yeah. curious to know now if you remember your very first Instagram post. Oh my goodness. So my Instagram is like older than my business. Did I you know it is? Start, did you, did you go back and scroll and find it? <laughs> I have it. I'm going to hold it up for you. I don't know if you can see it right there. That's your very oh. first Instagram post. And you literally say my first Instagram picture. Um, so I did scroll back through 3,700 Instagram posts or something that you have because I knew it would tell a story and yeah. speak for itself. And it does. And it's cool. So I, I want to get into that for a minute and talk about like where you were. If you remember, do you remember that yeah, picture? I do. Oh, yeah. I so, know exactly where that is. <laughs> so, so what's the date on that picture? Because I'm just trying to like that, piece it together. That it's date cool. is July 17th, 2012. You had 16 likes and one comment on it. Isn't that so um, cool? Like, that's really cool. So that is. post is over nine, almost 10 years old. Yeah. Um. Dakota was under a year old still, and she's on my hip there. What's interesting is the house I'm in front of is my grandparents' cabin, and they bought that cabin for super cheap. They were two teachers who just were very, very, very wise and intentional with all their investing, and so they bought this cabin. I want to say it was like thirty dollars or $40,000 for the land and the supplies, and they built this really like it's a very humble cabin, which is now the land is almost worth a million dollars, which kind of blows awesome. my mind. But it's just always been our family cabin. At that point in time, I was going through a breakup with Dakota's dad. So we had been engaged. And I'm pretty sure right around that point was right when we started breaking up. And it was a weird season because I was like, shoot. Like I'm officially going to be a single mom and Dakota's dad and I, we, I don't open up much about it, but we were on and off and on and off and on mm-hmm. and off and on and off. And, uh, at that point I was like, shoot, now I'm going to be single. I should probably get on Instagram because I'm going to have to find someone. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram's the best place for that. <laughs> so that was the thought process there, which is wild. It is wild. Right. And it shows like, Wow. Like when you did this very first post, I'm guessing you really had no idea how you would one day use social, you know, so you literally hopped on Instagram, like, Hey, I'm single. I may as well hop on Instagram, which I get it. I got my fiance online. I get everything online. Like I hate person, right? I hopped on to match and I was like, boop, boop, you know, yep. and, and here we are. Um, but uh, you know, social media can be used for like, I have this like hair going, boom. It can be I used like, like <laughs> Somebody, somebody has to, Rachel. Um, So, you know, it can be used for so many things. It is such a powerful tool. It literally has the ability to be a tool that changes the trajectory of our lives. And it's just what we use that tool for, how we use it. That's going to determine which trajectory it is. It's so interesting to me. So when you did that first post, little did you know that one day you would be like, the the queen of social media, right? Like here you are. (laughs) I had no idea. I will say there's a parallel journey 
that thankfully nobody can find because I deactivated it as soon as I went into the business space. It's a very different Rachel. I'm going to be super, super honest about that. And we don't even need to dive into what that necessarily means. Um, But there was drunk Rachel on Twitter every night tweeting. She's here a little bit. She's here a little bit. Just a little. You see, yes. her. there's like you get lots of fear. Yeah. <laughs> you can kind of tell that I'm a yeah. little unstable with a lot of decisions. Um, but on Look. Twitter, I was like literally tweeting at reality stars every night. And I, I wow. ended up building relationships with some of the producers from The Bachelor and ended up having <laughs> year long, like multi year long friendships and relationships. So I kind of saw this sneak peek into a portal but once again, I was really drunk every night and just like tweeting. And that's not a highlight. So I went ahead and deleted that account so no one can find it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so there's a difference between deleting it because you don't want that. It's so easy for something like that to be taken, manipulated and used like, oh, this is Rachel versus pretending it never happened and not using yeah. that as as another bouncing board to to bounce things off of and teach yourself and, and teach yeah. other people. And I think, Rachel, that's one thing that might be so important or so key to how you've built what you've built because we were talking like right before we started recording i still don't know the word that i was trying to look for um but definitely not aspirating on your success uh, aspirational i don't know what it is funny i'm a a writer too right like i wrote books and i write articles but i don't know what word i'm looking for there but um but yeah, like you're so re- you've kept everything so relatable and you're so real from sharing, you know, the mom bod to the struggles of work to backdoors into your depression and the adversity you overcame in your life. But what's cool about it, I think, is that that's not how you define yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a hard thing for people to figure out if you have a bad story or to- I did this when I was first trying to figure out who I was. Oh, I have this horrible story. You know, my husband's murdered. I'm on my own. I'm doing this and that. That must be what I talk about. But nobody cares. Like nobody wants to like really hear that, right? Like what is the balance for you between keeping it real and showing the actual downs and like the unglamour side versus showing the happiness and the success? So one of the things that really helps me when I want to like the, the best way to put it is like word vomit, all the things I'm thinking and feeling is I start with two places. Cause this actually really does help. I am by nature an oversharer. And so you almost have to be like, Oh, okay. Hold on one second here. So I, <laughs> I lean heavily on my journal. So if I'm feeling like I just need to get thoughts out or I need to process something or I'm upset about something or this doesn't make sense to me. I'll first word vomit it all over my journal Mm -hmm. on purpose. That's where I start because that's the place where I can share my initial thoughts before it's gone through a filter. Now, a few years ago, I used to just share everything. And soon I started realizing there's a lot of people seeing every single thing I put up here. Oh shoot. Like this stuff could all be taken out of context. I should probably Mm -hmm. start like putting it through a few filters before I share stuff just to make sure this is what I really want to put out there. There's people who are actually looking at my posts and like referencing them in life decisions. So we just gotta be a little more responsible with that. So I start with my (laughs) journal and then every Friday I meet with my therapist. And one of the things I, I explained to her on my healing journey is, you know what I need more than anything? I need someone to listen to me and validate me because that's what young Rachel needs. I just need someone to listen. And so she's been amazing. She does challenge me. She asks questions. Um, She gives me tons of homework. 
But I always start with filtering things through my journal and my therapist first before I bring it to the world because the truth is I can share vulnerability, but it's really easy to almost like allow people to stay in that, the weakness or stay in the state of the undesired result. And so I need to make sure that I'm also bringing some solutions and answers as well, as much as possible. It's a fine line, right? And yeah. it's it's a very delicate balance. I don't, I'm curious to know if you saw this too, because I've been sitting back and watching and learning and growing. And I feel like for a little while, the trend was only show the good stuff, only yes. show the oh, positive, yeah. right? And then little by little, a few people started having some courage and showing the like, hey, like, you know what? This is actually what I look like with no makeup or this is what yeah. I did. And then it seemed like, it went entirely the other way, at least in a lot of the things I saw, it almost seemed like there was a competition, hot mess was the phrase of the day. And yes. it was almost like there was a competition from people <laughs> to prove who was the worst mom or the, or not, you know, like the messier yeah, mom yeah, or who could I get it. And then it was like, everything I saw was, oh, you think you're a mess? Well, this is how I should. And I was like, oh my God, like I got, it's, it's began to feel very inauthentic, almost like people were staging yeah what a mess they were so that they could prove. Yes. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, did, you, did you see that too? I, I did. And I actually tweeted about it like probably a year ago. I, I, I said, you don't need to manufacture imperfection if you would just stop trying to appear as though you have it all together. Just let people see things as they are. And I think the problem is that whole, like, oh, we're all so competitive. I need to be the most put together or I need to be the biggest hot mess. And it's, <laughs> yes. there is that competition on both sides of the spectrum. When the truth is, I think we're all sometimes put together and sometimes hot messes. And sometimes we say things that are mortifying and we're like, I wish I could just like put all those words back in my mouth. And sometimes we're amazingly eloquent and we're all, all of those things, which I kind of like. Yeah, I call it perfectly imperfect. And I'm like, that's yes. how I'm trying to, to keep it together. But I'm glad you saw that too, because I brought it yeah. up actually on a couple of groups that I was in when I saw, we, we, you know, I'm in some widow groups, right? And so it took off in some of those groups too. And I was like, hey, let me just like put this out there. Do, does yeah. it feel like, you know, we're all just trying too hard to be, and who they did not like that. They did not like that coming from. <laughs> it was not well received. Let's put it that way. But um, yeah, it's interesting that you saw that too. All right. So your business, your company, why, why are you doing what you're doing now? Like social media managing like for, for me personally, that's like the, the part I, I like the least the um, yeah, that's you know, very the, common. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So you are an actual godsend uh, to yeah. people who, who know, you know, who can find you and, and, and who work with you and, and know, um, know the value that you bring. Right. But what got you into it? What is it about that part that's appealing to you? Because your content itself is so creative. You're definitely a creative mm -hmm. soul For and sure. spirit, you know? So yeah. how, how does such a creative soul and spirit also really enjoy that side of it, which even my tone, I'm like, I'm like getting depressed. I know, like just I know, I can see it. It. You're like, I'm like, oh my God, stresses, it stresses me it. out so much. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Actually, I'm learning about myself too in every interview. Yeah. So yeah. How, how does that happen? How did, like, what is so appealing about that to you? For sure. So the first thing is, and this is really interesting. The first thing 
that kind of indicates that I would want to go into social media is when I was a kid, I wanted to be a performer more than anything. I wanted to be a singer, actor, dancer, triple threat, whatever, you know, like I wanted to do stuff that got me in front of people. And then when I started drunk tweeting at reality stars and producers at night, Mm -hmm. when I started getting responses, something in me clicked. Like here I am literally a mom on welfare, food stamps. I've gone through a tough breakup. I'm an alcoholic. We're living, we're literally living at that point in a city called Anoka, Minnesota, which most people have not heard of. We're living next door to like a house that continually gets raided with like semi, semi-automatic weapons with the wow. police and SWAT teams. And down the street is the prison where they like straight up release people. So when they release prisoners, they open the doors and the prisoner goes out and then... My house is right down the street. Wow. Super awesome. Um, but <laughs> meanwhile, I'm tweeting people who are in a totally different possibility. And something in me kind of clicked. Like social media has suddenly made this portal. I know that that sounds super woo-woo, but I don't even mean nope. it to sound woo-woo. It creates it's a great this- word for it, yeah. Oh, it's like a bridge into a new possibility. And that was what sparked my interest in social media in a really big way. But then when I started realizing, oh my gosh, I can create content and reach people that otherwise wouldn't ever realize I exist. That's when I became super passionate about it. It's hardest to market ourselves. And I want to put that out there because so many times people are like, what is wrong with me? I swear. I know my business. I know my products. I know my services. I know my message. And the second it comes to marketing themselves, it is so challenging it's always easier to market someone else. So I love marketing for other businesses because I get to try new things and test new things and it doesn't feel personal. It doesn't feel like everything falls on me. I get to see it with an outside view. When I am really challenging myself is when I'm marketing myself because that is the hardest thing for every single person, including marketers and social media managers. Yeah, but you go right out there. The when when was the first not like the specific day, time, whatever, but like about when was the first time that you did one of the first video or the first video with the whole mom bod thing? I- oh my gosh. I don't remember when the first one was. I think the first one was a picture. I think I was way too nervous to do a video at first. Right. Actually, I do remember. It was in Alaska. It was 2 years ago. It was the first time that I like publicly made that decision because up until that point, maybe it was three years ago, but that was the first time where I made a huge decision that I wasn't going to get a mommy makeover. And up until that point, I hadn't made that decision. And that was kind of scary for me. Like, am I really going to just put this out here and then commit to never getting a makeover? Like a hundred percent, this is going to be something we build on. And it was in Alaska where I said, you know what? I'm never going to get that surgery. I'm just going to go for it and embrace what's there. Um, but it was so scary for me. It was so scary. And to this day, it still is intimidating to put my body out there because there are mean comments, there are trolls, there are fake, uh, accounts, there are 11 year olds pretending like they're whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's always scary to put your biggest vulnerability out there, which is part of the reason I think why a lot of people hide their insecurities. And for a long time, that was an insecurity of mine. And I've really grown into it, which has been really cool. 
Yeah, I saw some of the feedback that you're getting and some of the the hate from it, and yeah, it sort of made. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm trying not to focus. It, it, it like sort of. <laughs> I like, it's like it. The, it's so fun. Um, and it sort of it, it was very discouraging and disappointing for me to see people doing that. But on the other hand, I was like, I'm so yes. glad that Rachel is doing this because God, you know, it is hard. It is hard to like be that mom and have that going on and not know what to do with it or think of it. But do you think if the day came now, do you think because you've made such a commitment and you're in there, do you think if you woke up tomorrow, I don't, I don't know, you hit your head, you had a change of personality, something happened and you said, you know what? I want that procedure now for whatever reason. Yeah. Do you think, do you think that, that you would think twice about doing it because you've drawn that line in the sand? Or do you think that yeah. you would do it and take the, like what would happen? You know, people, how would you handle that? Oh, I, well, first yeah. and foremost, I had to make sure I was really all in on not getting the procedure <laughs> before yeah. I started sharing it. Cause can you imagine right. if I was like, so just kidding. I went and got <laughs> all this work right. done on Barbie now. Like, I do not think that that would go over well. And no. so for the longest time, actually, this is really cool. So my husband, Paul, he was like, baby, I just want to remind you of something. Do not post it until you've made a decision about what you're going to do. And so okay. for a long time, I avoided talking about it. And he's actually, he's not anti-plastic surgery. He's just very much so be yourself. He's like mm -hmm. such a champion of that. Like he thinks people look best first thing when they wake up as they are as much as possible. Um, but he did say, he was like, if you want to get that done, because that's not how you were born, feel free to change that, do whatever you want. And I was like, awesome. But he's like, just do not post your stomach until you make a solid decision because, and he was really spot on with this. When you build a platform for one thing and then completely flip gears, it instantly pulls out the rug from everybody. Mm -hmm. They say, so was that all fake? Was that all just right. to get popularity or just to pay for the surgery or whatever? <laughs> would <laughs> if that I, be, yeah. Right. That, that would be the ultimate bait and switch. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it would be. And I've just personally made the decision to not get any plastic surgery done. Um, and then I, I respect people who do, I just decided not to. And if I were to go get it done, I would expect that there would be major fallout and people would feel like I tricked them, to be honest, I would right. expect that 100%. So is that something that you foresaw when you started doing what you're doing and building the brand, not just the brand. You haven't just built a brand. You've built a community. You've built people who yeah. feel like they know you, who feel like they're close with you, even though you don't know them. Right. Um, is that something that you think people anticipate in general when they're heading down that path? Like that's a ripple effect that you now have this, Hey, like you have this ultra accountability for what you yeah. say and post and you're creating a code that you have to live by, <laughs> um, like for like, you're marrying this, right. You know, you're yeah. saying I do and you're in and you're committed, but you think that people think that far ahead when they're just I, starting no. out? I don't think most people do think that far ahead. Uh, the other thing too, that's really interesting is we oftentimes like plan for things not working. Uh, even though part of me knew like we're going to build something really big here, I don't think I ever realized how raving the community would be or how passionate or protective or they do hold me accountable. And I didn't expect that level of, I guess, 
connection over social media. I didn't realize how deep that would be. So I think most people don't plan based on five or 10 years out. I think most people post what they're feeling. And then when they change, they post what they're feeling now. And I think it's natural for audiences to say, wait a second, like I followed you for this and now you're this and I don't, it doesn't align anymore, Mm -hmm. but we don't have to make like a big, I want to take this person down just because they've changed, but we can unfollow anyone at any point. I have a lot of people where I followed them initially. And then I was like, oh, they're really different than the person that I originally followed and that's okay. And I'm going to give them space to change and grow, but I'm just going to silently unfollow. So yeah, I think that followers can realize we don't have to get all mad, but we can say, mm, you don't have my vote anymore of confidence. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, it's not me, it's you, really. And so <laughs> we're just going <laughs> going the other way. Um, all right, so the services that you provide, let's talk it, about that here because there's a lot of yeah. people who are in our community who are in the position of losing their jobs or having to make a decision that's going to, yeah. you know, to make a choice between one thing or another, yeah. and they're going to choose to step away from their job for whatever that reason may be. A lot of it obviously is the, the vaccine, but um, there are people who are choosing to leave their job because it now goes against what they feel is best for them, but they don't know where to land. Or there's other people who are in that position who are who have lost their jobs because of yeah. everything that's happened and they don't know how to start. And a lot of people can say, all right, here I am. I'm So I'm sitting home, I have all my kids around me. I don't know how I'm gonna pay my bills. The dog is barking, I haven't slept. I've been crying because I don't know how to pay my bills. I have this. Yes. How how do I take this and and be my own? savior, you know, like how, how do I take this and use it? Yep. So one thing that's important to know is we have two different businesses. One business is our agency, which is basically like a glorified freelancing business. Cause Mm -hmm. I actually do the work with our clients and we work with eight to 10 figure business owners specifically. That is one business that we have on the other side. People come to me crying oftentimes saying, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know how I'm going to leave my nine to five. I don't know how we're ever going to have time freedom. And that's where I teach people how to become freelancers. Now, the beautiful thing about being a freelancer is that's really all encompassing. And sometimes people say, I don't know if I have the skills to be a freelancer. Freelancer is a really general term. It could explain someone who does research. It could explain someone who does comment management on social media. So for example, if one of my posts goes viral about my body, I don't want to be the one moderating the comments. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see all of that. So I hire people to come in and support me in the comments with comment moderation and comment response. Uh, You could become someone who who edits videos. You can do that at home on your own terms. There are so many things. I actually have. Do you want me to send this to you? I have 67 different things that you can do working from home. And none of these require certifications or anything. Would this be helpful? Yeah, I will definitely post that in the in the article that we're going to put accompanying this. And this, again, it's another thing about you, Rachel. A lot of people think that they have to not, they have to just hold on to anything. They don't want to give anything away. I'm not going to give my information away, give my information away. But on a regular basis, on a consistent basis, you're out there posting things. And in one image, granted, you have to actually like, pause the video and blow it up, but you're still, you're putting it there and you're putting it there in a fun way. And you're putting out content that if somebody's really paying attention or really actually wants to take it 
and follow it and do what you're saying to be done, you can actually just, I think just off your Instagram in that one space, you've provided all this information that really doesn't allow people to say, well, I don't know what to do. If they, you know, if they're looking at your stuff, you're putting it out there and the steps you put out and the, I don't know, you'll put out, like you'll be dancing around and then there's like 10 things to do on your social media brand. I'm like, oh, wow, that's like crazy that she's putting out that, you know, because a lot of people yeah. would charge at. What is the the thought process behind and what is your thought on charging for all of that? Now, or, you know, like the people say, hey, there's yeah. three things, there's three things, you you could say there's 67 things you could do from home. For only $9.99, you can have that and put your email in and subscribe to my thing and sign on to this and then I'll send it to you. But you're just like, here, have it. Um, yeah. What is the, what's what your the, thought process behind that? Yeah. There's a lot. So there, there's my personal thought process and then we could get into like marketing psychology because there yeah. is a level of marketing psychology uh, at hand. Now, here's the interesting thing. Um, back when I used to try to get people to hire me or pay for products, my business grew. The second I said, how can I serve people? And that includes putting out free stuff nonstop everywhere. I do it. Monday through Friday, every single week, Mm -hmm. that's when my business started soaring. So we went from, we're we're pretty close to having our first million dollar month. We've we've never crossed that milestone before, which is kind of weird actually to even say, but it's really exciting. The truth is, and this blows people's minds, my husband and my salaries combined are 90,000 per year. $90,001 because I make $1 more than him per year, which is just a funny. Never let him forget that. Yeah. Yep. Got to just let him know. (laughs) Um, He doesn't forget because he Mm -hmm. runs the payroll, but like, we don't really need anything else if that makes sense. So my big thought process was I can put out optional offers and if people want to take them, fantastic. If they don't, that's fine too. I still want to help people and provide value. One thing people don't realize though, is as you help people at scale, costs go up for everything from graphic design to serving, uh, or host hosting anything. Um, your tools go up like just for our email platform. We pay one to $2,000 per month just to be able to send out emails. So I put out optional offers, but I don't mind if someone never buys a single thing from me. I'm like, I still want to be able to make an impact on your life. So there's my personal philosophy, literally, if we just make six figures per year and that's covered with one client, we take on like four to six clients in our agency per year, but one client covers all of our bills. So we don't really need anything else. And I don't need a yacht or a jet or anything like that. Um, but there's the other side of it too, which is psychology. There's a fantastic book called, uh, influence by Dr. Robert Cialdini. And in the first chapter, he talks about the power of reciprocity. Reciprocity is really, really, really strong. When someone gives you something for free, you actually want to buy from them in the future. It's so strong. One time I actually went to a restaurant and they brought out all of the dessert stuff for me and I wasn't going to get dessert that night. And they set this little plate down and a little cappuccino cup or an espresso cup and a spoon and a fork and a new napkin. And I was like, wait, 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 I didn't order dessert. And they're like, that's fine. The reciprocity, Barb, of that act made me order dessert because I felt like I had to since they set all that stuff out for me and I didn't even want dessert that night. So reciprocity is a real thing. And I figure if people are going to buy programs or courses or worksheets or templates, I might as well put out 
stuff for free first so that they can see, Hey, she's got the real, the real deal. She's got the goods. And so if they're going to buy, they might as well buy from me and I might as well tap into the power of reciprocity. Awesome. All right. Um, I'm going to touch on this area a little, cause we are American snippets and we are a patriotic, um, platform, but so I'm going to go into the American dream here for a minute, because one of the reasons that we started the primary reason that we started yeah. American snippets is because, you know, me, especially, um, as a military widow, it, I felt a little harder when I felt like people were giving up on our country and giving up on each other and giving up on their own potential in our country because of whoever was in office. Right. And I felt yeah. like that's where it was going, but I knew the American dream was actually available and alive. And I knew Americans as a whole are really good, strong, kind, caring people. Um, I think we've just forgotten how to disagree. Really. I think that's what it boils down to, but, um, and I knew a lot of these people had come into our, our lives and that's why we wanted to share their stories out. But the American dream itself, we know it's still alive and well, even though this is without a doubt, a very challenging time for all of us, you know, to, to build it in our own way. But we also know that it just looks different for everybody. Like the American dream isn't one thing for everybody. What's your version may look like, you know, you love social media marketing, me and not so much. All right. But that's your dream. That's your path. And mine is over here, but we do like to ask our guests, like, what is your own personal vision of your own dream life you would build here in America? Yeah. So this is interesting because I'm going to answer, I'm not going to answer for my husband, but I'm also going to bring him into the story. Perfect. So my husband didn't grow up in America uh, or in the United States, rather. He grew up in South America. Uh, he grew up in Honduras mm -hmm. with a tin roof, like straight up San Pedro Sula, like life was very, very, very different. And I grew up, uh, my, my parents were on welfare and food stamps in different seasons because my dad was a pastor and my mom was a worship leader. And mm. when I look at mine and my husband's life now, that to me is proof that the American dream exists because it doesn't make sense in most countries in most realities, in most economies, that someone who was, we, we could just say on the lower, depending on what country you're talking about, lower caste or lower class or lower economic or socioeconomic status, it doesn't make sense that that person would end up being a part of the 1%. That doesn't make sense. And I think that to me explains that the American dream is real. There is opportunity here. There is the ability to build what you want to see. And my husband also, I think is a really great example. I know some people could say like, yeah, but he just married you. Well, we didn't have it when we got married. We couldn't even afford a he wedding. He just married you. That's nice. <laughs> right. All he did was just marry oh, someone. No, but we like, I was a hairstylist, just got off of welfare. He was a window washer. We couldn't even afford a, wed a wedding when we got married. And the truth is, this is a country with so much opportunity. The fact that even even uh, even on welfare, you can still afford food and water and heat like that to me sets a really high bar. I've been to a ton of third world countries. Obviously, my husband grew up in one and and realizing the amount of opportunity, education, even dare I say privilege just by being in this country is fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's it's there and it's available to us in a way that it isn't in countries sometimes like India or the Philippines or Honduras, there is a different level of opportunity. So we created our dream. 
uh, we would stay up late at night, lay in bed, and um, we would say, like, what do we want life to look like? And we'd imagine, and we'd play pretend, and then we built it. I love that. I love, and every time you talk about your husband, you just light up, um, which is very cool to see. I am a firm believer in love, and and I loved being married, and I'm looking forward to being married. You know, now again soon, all this insanity ends. Um, so let's. I I gotta have you just talk for a minute about your story about how you met your husband because I messaged you. I I knew yeah. you know I I met my fiance now on online you know which people laugh and joke about but it was real and I I knew that when I met him I knew when I walked in and actually met him in person I felt like I was just reconnecting with somebody that I'd already yes. known um, and when I got to be married to my husband you know for those years before he was killed I felt the same way when I met him but people kind of like laugh and tell me I'm romanticizing it or whatever. So I think that's another thing that I like about you is that you just put it right out there. Like, yeah, that's your story. So let's hear it. Let's talk about your whirlwind 10 day romance. <laughs> so my husband and I were, yeah. we were set up, but not in the way that you would think. I knew all about who he was because I was told about him and told I needed to meet him by my good friend, who's now my sister-in-law. Um, we are married to brothers, which is kind of fun. And our kids were actually friends before they were cousins, which is so cool. Um, so I had stalked <laughs> Paul online to see what he was like. And I showed up at this Bible study where I was told he was going to be. He was there. I thought naturally he knew who I was too, because I was given the heads up on who he was. And so I tried to flirt with him and he was dressed really scrubby. And I thought that's kind of funny. He was wearing like sweatpants and a sweatshirt and he's, super scruffy. And I was like, huh, he didn't really dress up, but I did. Uh, so I, I said, could I, could I plug in my phone by you? And he like, didn't even make eye contact. He was like, no, go find your own charger. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this must be him. <laughs> this cannot be the man in my dreams. Like what? It turns out. Um, so when I walked into the house, someone handed me their baby right away. And so he thought this is just another married woman at this party. And he actually thought it was inappropriate how I was talking all flirty to him because he assumed I was married. Mm -hmm. So we ended up meeting later on throughout the night, hit it off literally seven days after we met. We hung out almost every single day for those seven days. And uh, we go to a restaurant and he goes, I'm in love with you. I said, I know I feel the same way. And he said, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And I was like, I know, I feel the same way. So we looked up flights to Vegas and they were really expensive. We didn't have enough money for it. So we decided to elope at the Mall of America 13 days after we met. And we're going on eight years next week. Wow. Well, congratulations on that. That's a fun milestone to hit. And I love that. And thank you for sharing that as well. I think it just gives hope um, to a lot of people, you know, just because it sounds crazy, it sounds this or sounds that doesn't mean it's not true. Right. Sometimes it has to happen for the good. I think sometimes we're so used to thinking, oh, oh yeah. my gosh, this is so crazy. I can't believe how bad that is, but there's also the flip side of that. They're so crazy. I can't believe how good and awesome that yeah. is. And I think that story is just an opportunity for us to remind ourselves that the flip side of bizarre, crazy, bad things is real. Right. Yeah. And, and that's love. All right. I'm sure people know this already. And we're going to put this up in all of our articles. But for those just listening on the podcast or maybe just watching uh, on YouTube, give us your websites and where people can find you. Beautiful. All of my information is on my website, 
rachelpeterson.com, all E's and a D in my last name. So rachelpeterson.com, it also links to all my social media platforms. All right, great. And is there anything that I did not touch on? I feel like there was like 300,000 things I could have gone into with you. So it's hard to just course, you know, stick, stick to a course and, and go with it. But is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to bring in? I don't think so. This is really okay. good. We talked about different stuff than I normally get to talk about. So I like that. That's awesome. We ping pong a little everywhere. Um, yes. Welcome to the inside of my brain, Rachel. You survived. I like <laughs> it survived. here. I'm going to stay. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Rachel, really, I'm. when I said I was so excited to have you, I meant it. I really am so excited. You are someone that I've looked forward to. I knew at some point in time that our paths would cross and I would get to meet you. God bless you, Pat Hilton, for giving Rachel yes. the, uh, the nudge. Thanks, Pat. We love it. I call him Pat Earhole Hilton, by the way. And he knows oh. that. He's like, he's like, I'm always up in your ear hole, Barb. You know, you can hear his voice. I love Pat so much. Oh, he's my gosh. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. Yes. So really, thank you very much. And you have an excellent day. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. All right. I'll send this out to you when we're going to drop it. And I'll put that link in and all your information. And Sounds good. And Beautiful. off we'll go. Really. I really appreciate you, Rachel. Thanks so much. So nice to meet you and to connect yeah. for a little bit today. So I'll see you soon. All right, everyone. There you have it. That wraps up another episode of the Flex Your Freedom podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. If you want to learn more about Rachel Peterson, you want to follow her online, you want to check out the show notes, please go to greatamericansyndicate.com forward slash newsletter. You can sign up to our newsletter. Again, check out the show notes, re-listen to the podcast and watch the video interview as well. Again, that's greatamericansyndicate.com forward slash newsletter. And again, we'll throw in some links there that you can use to follow Rachel online if you're not following her already. Again, if you enjoyed this episode, you got value out of it, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify or one of your favorite podcast apps. We would really appreciate it. And don't forget to shop and join our Great American Syndicate. This is a coalition of people who stand for personal freedom, who believe in the American dream and who embody the American spirit. So if that's you, we would love to have you on board inside of our community. Again, you can go to greatamericansyndicate.com to learn more. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you really are. Mm -hmm.